Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. The most butt-puckering thing I've been through, I mean, and I've been through hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, wildfires, and earthquakes, was the earthquakes. Earthquakes freak me out the most. It's still real to me, damn it! everybody welcome to this week's edition of the still real to show episode number 580 for march 25th 2021 this is your wwe fast lane recap and review edition of srtu we are officially on the road to wrestlemania nothing is in the way i am one half of the show i am jeff peck joined every single week by my co-host the one and only dr trey franklin Dr. Trey, how close was the tornado this week to you, my friend? So uh, we actually, so um, I don't know if you remember when I was doing, working for ADT, doing security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My office there is about seven miles away from my current office. And one of the tornadoes dropped and went right through uh, the area in which my old office was. Um, Then we had one drop right outside of my town that I'm in now. So I mean, it's probably still about 10 miles away from me. Um, but we've had at least six tornadoes drop so far in Alabama today. Yeah, I uh, I happened to see this one on the weather uh, weather channel today, and uh, Touch Trey and I going back and forth on, on how we were going to do the podcast. Uh, thankfully, as you can all tell, uh, he is safe. Is and and we were talking about it off air, and I was like, you know what? Hold on, I got questions I got to ask you. Let's save it for the podcast here. Uh, first and foremost, is there any danger for more tornadoes uh, the rest of this evening? Yes. So this was the first line of storms came through around 11 this morning. Um, that's when that first tornado dropped. As I was thinking about off the air that literally ran from one end of the state, uh, probably about from like about, about 25 miles inside of the Alabama Mississippi border. And it stayed on the ground all the way through the state. And, went into Georgia. Wow. And then once it went into Georgia, my local coverage said, well, the Atlanta branch, the Atlanta office can pick this up now. It's out of our viewing area. We have three other tornado warning areas to track. So, um, yeah, like it's, and then they said there's another line coming in this evening, like around, uh, probably on the, the time we stop recording, there's another line of storms coming in. They can drop some more. So they have these outbreaks about once every like this, this severe, about once every four to six years in Alabama. Wow. Uh, the first year I moved here in 2014, we had a bad outbreak. And in 2012, they had a bad outbreak. And then 2018, they had a bad outbreak. So it's usually about every three to four years they have one of these outbreaks where we'll, they'll drop, you know, eight to ten tornadoes in a day across the state. I remember you saying that, uh, like, you've been through so much with, with weather where do you stand on the uh, puckering of the old butt scale for tornadoes? See, tornadoes, I, I think this is, I mean, born in Oklahoma, went to high school in Arkansas, you know, now living in Alabama. Even my time in North Carolina, tornadoes don't bother me as much. 
just because I'm so accustomed to them. I mean, I've had, I mean, I've had my scares. I've had, I mean, we had one, I think when I first moved here in 2014 that hit uh, about a mile and a half past my house, but on the same road uh, and then ran 20 miles. So that's a, the, the, the most butt puckering thing I've been through. I mean, and I've been through hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, wildfires and earthquakes was the earthquakes. Earthquakes freak me out the most. Uh, because there really is no rhyme or reason or when they're going to strike. Everything else you can kind of prepare for to a degree, uh, but earthquakes, yeah, that that one freaked me out the most. Yeah, that would uh, that would freak me out too. I, I'm not I'm not accustomed as accustomed to those weather related events that Doctor Trey is talking about. It's like you know snowstorms, uh, and we get the occasional bad hurricane and like knocks us out of power for an entire week. And everybody down south like laughs at us because they don't have power lines out like we do, or or the forest trees like we do in the north. So yeah, I mean that's uh, that's pretty wild. Have you ever had like a the visual from like the movie Twister where you actually see the tornado like funneling and spinning around, going by, you know, down the road or whatever? Uh, yeah, I mean I've never had one as close as in Twister, um, but I've seen them. I've seen one drop out of the sky. I mean it was probably still about. Uh, four miles away from where I was at, but I've actually seen it spin out, drop, and hit. And then I've actually saw one. Uh, actually, one time when I was out at the beach in North Carolina, I saw one out over the ocean, which was pretty cool. Because um, I mean, luckily, when you say pretty cool, it's because it's away from land. There's no, you know, life-threatening situations, and just seeing the visual of it was pretty cool. But um, visually, like the tornadoes, I can kind of sense them because I've been around so much. Like I can kind of feel. Like there's a temperature drop, everything gets really still. Yeah, yeah. The sky kind of gets a little greenish, and you're just like, "Oh, this is not good." Wildfire was visually the scariest thing I've been through because uh, there was actually in Arizona, I drove right through the middle of a wildfire on the interstate. Um, that one was the freakiest visually, and then earthquake, the most butt puckering, as you put it. Um, but once again, I've been in. You know, I was I was in Jersey when Hurricane Sandy hit, so I rode that out up there, and then. You know, in Massachusetts, where they drop three feet of snow, like that's its own kind of crazy event, you know. So every kind of situation I've pretty much been through at some point. But, you know, like right now, we, I think off the air, I'm sitting here in my house recording the podcast. I have zero power in my house at all. It's pitch black other than the glow of, uh, my, of my phone. Which is a first, right? We've done nearly you and I together probably have done well over 400 podcasts. And this is a first where it's just completely you're without power. Yeah, because usually if you lose power, we can't do the show because, you know, we, we kind of need the recording stuff and that you've always had all the recording stuff. For me, it's usually like, I mean, I, I think I've been in a hotel that lost power while we were doing the podcast, but it came right back on. Uh, but I've never been in one where like the entire house is pitch black and my dog's just like lost. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Just walking around the house aimlessly. It's wild, man. Absolutely wild. Well, uh, glad to hear you and the family are safe. Dr. Trey was saying before that his wife and uh, children uh, left for a house that does have power prior to the uh, podcast recording here. So uh, to make sure that you can get safely back to your uh, your destination where there is power, it's probably best that we we hit the ground running here in the world of professional wrestling and uh, get to it with this podcast on this week's edition of SRTU. Dr. Trey Fastlane, recap and review. It was this past Sunday. Let's kick it off here with the pre-show match. You had Riddle defending the United States Championship against Mustafa Ali. We did not predict this match. Uh, Matt Riddle got the victory here. Amazing pre-show match. One of the best pre-show matches I've seen in some time. I would love to see Riddle and Ali tear it up again. Incredible job by both guys. Uh, post-match, Retribution abandons and takes out Ali. Thankfully, Retribution is no more as the storyline had a ton of potential and never, ever lived up to it. So two things here. The match, incredible. Incredible match between Riddle and Ali. Probably Riddle's best match on the main roster, uh, or non-NXT, I should say. Uh, and then Retribution is no more Dr. Troy Wu. That had a ton of poise. It was Nexus compared, and nowhere ever held even a candle to those types of comparisons from the uh, the original launch. Your thoughts, Riddle defeating Mustafa Ali? Yeah, fantastic match. Um, I'm going to admit something that I think has been, you know, kind of, I didn't really want to ever admit. I'm coming around on Matt Riddle. Uh, like, wow. like, it's, it's the, the, and maybe it's the stoner gimmick or whatever, but it's, it's entertaining backstage stuff. And, you know, it started with the whole oddball tag team of him and Pete Dunn. And then it's carried over on the main roster. And, 
you know, he's put together some nice matches. But yeah, to me, this was by far and away the most entertaining match. Mustafa Ali, incredible talent. Um, kind of sucks that this, they gave him an opportunity and then they just kind of sh- pulled the rug out from underneath him before Retribution can really get rolling. Uh, but yeah, fantastic match with those guys. And then it's going to be interesting to see how they how these guys break out when they separate from Retribution. Like, do we see um, Mace and, and T-Bar stay together just under their real names? Does Mia Yim get a, a decent push in the women's division? Where do you go with Mustafa Ali? And then... Um, to me, slapped uh, poor Shane Thorne. I just feel like he might be one of those guys that gets future endeavored because I just don't know what they can do with him. Yeah, it, the whole retribution thing. I mean, you would have figured they would have followed up on Monday night. They did not, which I think is a shame. I read a report earlier on Sunday prior to the pay-per-view that uh, they were going to be going in a different direction with retribution while the storyline is not over over. They were going to go in a completely different, dif- different de- uh, direction. So maybe – New folks are with Retribution, or Retribution is just completely done, but it just fell flat. They did not have a chance from the word go. I mean, when you read reports that they were getting laughed at uh, behind the scenes with their promos, uh, it didn't go well. And those are a lot of talented people. Shane Thorne, Dominic Dijakovic, Mustafa Ali, obviously, Mia Yim. Those are four amazing stars. Don't know too much about Mace, the former Dio Madden, who was on the commentary team for a brief cup of coffee on Monday Night Raw. Don't know much about him. Still looks a little bit green to me at times in the ring, but at least four of those five were uh, or, or are really amazing talents. So we'll see if they um, can pick it up from here. Steph, especially Mustafa Ali. He, he's done a great job as a heel character since uh, turning with Retribution. Next match was for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defended against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Dr. Trey and I both had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler did retain the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship on Sunday night. Uh, it was a fine match for what it was in setting up Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. The story of Sasha calling Bianca a rookie multiple times and slapping Belair in the face is a nice lead-up moving into WrestleMania season. Uh, this appears to be the focal point heading into WrestleMania 37 where Bianca is being treated like a rookie by Sasha and hopefully can establish herself at the biggest stage in professional wrestling. Dr. Trey, your thoughts, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retaining. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a fine match, and, and, and Reginald got involved, and, and I like Reggie. So uh, it's weird. I, to me, that's a guy I probably shouldn't like, but he's he's entertaining. And, and the dynamic between Nia and him is, is pretty good, too. And then Shayna being kind of the third wheel. I, I, I like that little triumvirate there. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's I don't know if I'm sold on the way Bianca, Sasha's storyline is playing out just because they're kind of making Sasha play a little bit more eelish in a way. Um, and, and slapping Bianca, who's much bigger than Sasha, and Bianca actually falling down, I didn't like. Uh, I kind of thought she, you know, they should show her firing back up a little bit. But it, it's interesting the way they're going with it. I mean, typically when you get to WrestleMania, you got to have somebody be the, the villain in all this. And I think that's kind of their painting Sasha in that light heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, it was literally like watching a, a Switch be flipped. It, it, like in front of your eyes, they're like, okay, the Bianca Sasha pairing that's been going on for the last uh, four or five weeks post Royal Rumble that is now off, and we're going to immediately turn it on to Sasha versus Bianca build up for WrestleMania 37. Like it literally played out in front of our eyes at Fastlane on Sunday. Uh, next match here is Big E defending the Intercontinental Championship against Apollo Cruz. We both had Big E, and Big E did retain the IC title on Sunday. Uh, weird and confusing finish that took away from the match, in my opinion. Uh, it was a nice statement from Apollo Crews post-match as he beat down Big E, though. Uh, weird match, Dr. Trey. Big E defeating Apollo Crews. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, most of your matches, the first you know five to ten minutes is kind of slow, but then they have a great finish. Uh, this one was the opposite. Like The first five to eight minutes of this match was fantastic, and then it slowed way down. Weird finish, but then you got the good beatdown spot, so... Uh, like I, I really like the intensity that Biggie showed at the beginning. I like the viciousness that Apollo shows at the end. So if I could just ignore the middle and the ending of the match, it, it would have been fantastic. Um, I'm just a little, like, I'm a little surprised this is continuing past this. I mean, I guess to me that kind of shows that they're really trying to build up the Apollo heel character by continuing this rivalry. But you know, you get to WrestleMania season, and I mean, although we're doing two nights. Right now, Jeff, we have a lot of matches on this card, but it's almost the point. Like, if we keep splitting everybody up, we may have that three nights. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be talking about that rumored and confirmed card later on the podcast. 
Next match here was Braun Strowman taking on Elias. Uh, this was originally announced on Raw the week prior. And when I mean originally announced, it was Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. By the time Dr. Trey and I did the podcast, they pulled the match. Completely was off the show. And then on Sunday, the match was put back on the card. And then was changed to Elias versus Braun Strowman as Shane McMahon had an injury prior to the event, the pay-per-view airing. So we did not predict this match. Braun Strowman did get the victory of Elias. Basically, it was a Braun Strowman squash job to further along his feud with Shane McMahon, who was unable to wrestle due to injury. That was really it, Dr. Trey. Um, I'm a Strowman fan. I like Strowman. We all know how I feel about Shane McMahon if you're new to the podcast. Not a big fan of Shane McMahon, the wrestler. Shane McMahon, the personality and the entertainer and the uh, the person on TV is fantastic. Him performing at WrestleMania against world former world champions is not my cup of tea. Uh, your thoughts here on the Braun Strowman Elias match and, and how it furthers along for the WrestleMania 37 feud. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of saw this coming, uh, you know, they've been teasing this match for, I mean, they teased it on raw. We didn't really get it. They teased it for this one. We didn't get it again. So, I mean, the, the tease of Braun finally getting his hands on Shane is what they're shooting for here. But I, I don't know if fans actually hate Shane McMahon because, for the better part of the last year, year and a half, he's kind of been the babyface. You go back to his time on SmackDown and then the uh, Raw Underground, he's kind of been the good guy. And all of a sudden, now he's being a jerk to Braun for some reason. Um, so I, it's just, I don't know if the build has been enough to really cement Shane being the the hated bad guy that we want to see him get his comeuppance. Uh, but this match plays into that. I mean, it's just, I almost, you almost end up after this whole thing, you kind of feel bad for Elias. Uh, more than anything else. So I, I guess it's just sacrificing Elias for the greater good. I uh, I actually have a theory on the whole Strowman Shane McMahon feud. I think that this was supposed to start building back in September or August, September time when uh, Raw Underground was going on, Dr. Trey. Remember they were doing those, those deals where Strowman showed up. He wasn't officially drafted to Raw at that point. He was taken on like Baba Tunde. Um, he was going eye to eye with the, uh, before he was known as almost almost, uh, at the door of raw underground and, and was basically, uh, there were some sort of like subtleties with him and Shane. And then it got shelved because raw underground was literally shut down because of the NXT outbreak. Uh, they had COVID-19 outbreaks that I think derived from the uh, cast and crew from raw underground and didn't want to expose that to the to the uh, the main rosters, which carried itself over to Survivor Series. Obviously, NXT was not integrated. Uh, Strowman gets injured after Survivor Series, and they weren't really able to pick it up until February. So I think that this feud, which now feels like very like bleh at best, was actually supposed to have some foundation and groundwork that made sense up to this point. Do, do you see the correlation into what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I absolutely do. And, and you're right. Like to me, like I remember those raw underground segments. But at the time, like if you're, if that was the direction you're going, at least portray Sh- Shane on TV as being a jerk. So that way, when you finally get around, because the other thing was when Braun came back and we had, you know, the uh, the Elimination Chamber match and Braun's whining that he's not in it, even though he's a universal champion, not a WWE champion. Like that to me, I was like, well, I kind of don't like Braun for whining. So maybe Shane's right, and then now we go back this direction. It's kind of like the, the the river of this feud has had a lot of twists and turns where you don't know who you're supposed to be behind until you get down to the last month. And once again, this is a Shane McMahon match where you look at it and go, on paper, this should be a no contest. So why am I even investing in this? Because Shane wrestles once a year uh, and Braun's you know, huge. This shouldn't be an even compelling match. This should be a 30-second squash match. Much like Shane against Taker, Shane against AJ, Shane against you know anybody else. Miz. Yeah. yeah. The only time that we were like okay with it was when uh, Shane tagged with Daniel Bryan to take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, it's a long, long tradition here on the podcast, folks, of, folks, of Shane McMahon WrestleMania matches. How we're like, really? Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, I think Strowman defeated Goldberg in four or five minutes at last year's WrestleMania to become the Universal Champion. So if that match goes any longer than that, then that's just BS. But is what it is at this point. We just, unfortunately, get used to it all the time during WrestleMania season. Next match here was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. We did not predict that ma- this match. Obviously, we would have been really hyped for it. Seth Rollins got the victory. Uh, match was fine as it continues to the uh, more than likely setup of Rollins versus Cesaro at WrestleMania 37. More on that in a bit. Rollins continues to demand respect. 
Uh, sidebar on this entire thing as I was watching this match is I wish we got NXT Nakamura on SmackDown. And uh, I continue to wish that WWE gave Shinsuke the ball to run with because I, I thought he showed flashes of those NXT days of Shinsuke Nakamura. It's a dream match that had no buildup at all, no promotion behind it. Dr. Trey, your thoughts as Seth Rollins defeated Shinsuke Nakamura? Yeah, and another sidebar, like, I'm confused by the Shinsuke-Cesaro tag team breakup. It's like, usually when a tag team breaks up, one becomes the villain, one's the good guy. These guys broke up, and they both stayed good guys. So now Cesaro gets beat up, and Shinsuke's like, well, yeah, he's my former tag partner, but he's still my friend. <laughs> we just don't tag anymore because, you know, we're, we're greedy, selfish individuals that want singles glory, apparently. Um, but you're right, like, watching the match, like, I enjoyed it in spurts. Like there were moments of it where I'm like, damn, this is really good. And if they actually had a program and a buildup, I'd be really into this uh, because I thought we got glimpses of Shinsuke when he first came to the main roster leading up to his win at the Royal Rumble. Like that, he's so entertaining and so charismatic, but it's, once again, it's the same knock we've had against Asara. Like the language barrier hurts him in the eyes of the upper office, apparently, because I, th- I think he would be fantastic in that upper level babyface role. So, um, but and, and the one thing I love Seth yelling 22, I, 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 little things like that always get me excited. The fact that he knows how many times Cesaro swung him around. I, I just, I really love that. So I thought the match was good. Uh, and if they were given 20, 30 minutes, it would have been a fantastic, great match. Uh, but it, it sucks in the sense that it's just kind of filler to get to WrestleMania for Cesaro and, and, and Seth Rollins. This incarnation of Seth Rollins has been highly entertaining. The uh, Messiah Seth Rollins, I thought, ran its course a little bit too long. Uh, it, it was just getting weird there towards the end. This run of like him uh, tweeting in capital letters, him talking about his drip and, and the little subtleties, the 22, which was the Cesaro sp- um, swings that he had a, that he faced on SmackDown, has been really good. Like Rollins is showing how good he is. It's the same thing with Reigns lately as well um yeah rollins has been fantastic and highly entertaining uh next match here is drew mcintyre taking on sheamus and a holds no holds barred match i drew mcintyre dr trey and sheamus drew mcintyre got the victory on sunday good physical match the mcintyre sheamus matches have been really good despite the setup being very predictable with sheamus turning on drew mcintyre uh i thought this was a good table setter pay-per-view match for mcintyre heading to wrestlemania 37 I'm not the biggest Sheamus match fan in the world. Uh, I respect everything that he's done, but this run he's had with Drew McIntyre has been has been outstanding. Doctor Trey, good match as Drew McIntyre defeats Sheamus. Yeah, Sheamus to me is is the aberration to the rule. Like I usually don't like big brawling guys fighting big brawling guys, or uh, you know, usually I say that usually if you have a big brawling guy against a big brawling guy, the matches aren't great. Usually, the big brawlers have better matches with smaller guys. Sheamus seems to have his better matches against big guys um, because he can kind of use his, his athleticism and his speed to kind of make more impact in his moves, and it just looks great. And this, this is another one example. Like, this match has looked hard-hitting, compelling, physical, violent, like all the things you want in a big guy versus big guy match. So uh, I enjoyed it, although I still don't really know where the Sheamus character is going now because we saw – you know, on Raw Monday night, McIntyre come out to help him against the Hurt Business, and then he goes backstage and beats up Riddle with a scooter. Like, I, I don't really understand all that. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this match, and I was kind of bummed out that Sheamus lost because uh, I kind of thought you could have, add a little bit more fuel to the fire. And, and we kind of got that payoff Monday with Sheamus versus Lashley. So that's kind of where I thought they might go with it, hence my pick. But damn good match for a, a match that really hasn't had a weird build up to it. Next match here was Alexa Bliss taking on Randy Orton. Dr. Trey and I had Alexa Bliss getting the victory, and she won the match on Sunday. Uh, real cool cinematic feel to this match, slash, I would call segment at Fastlane. I really liked how they reintroduced the Fiend back into WWE and put thought behind him uh, by having Bray Wyatt appear to damage from the fire rather than returning unscathed and unscratched. Uh, attention to detail is something that is big in my book as a professional wrestling fan. And they have that attention to detail from the way that his gloves, the way that the the burnt, where it, the, it makes the V on on the new Fiend here is where he was wearing the coat. I, I mean, it's just top to bottom is really good. 
Really nice touch, and this has been a good storyline the last several months. Dr. Trey, Alexa Bliss gets a victory, and we have seen The Fiend return. Yeah, and you're right. Like I, I like I like the whole thing there, like the, you know, the pyro going out from the corners, and then you know Randy chasing around, and the lighting rig falls, and then we get the, the other fireball again, and then you get the return of The Fiend. And I, I love the close-up of the hand, and you can see the molt. It looked like molten plastic hand coming out of the ground it reminded me of uh chucky in child's play when he got burnt and you'd see the 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 melted plastic almost and even you know all the things you mentioned not to mention the hair like the dreadlocks look burnt and singed like that kind of detail is incredible which you know when you think about the two guys involved in this when you think of randy orton and, and bray wyatt the attention to detail these guys have like going through their entire history you know up till now like these guys get you know, what we're doing in wrestling. They get the storytelling. They get the fine details. They have something for the casual fans to watch. And then the nerds like me and Jeff that pick up on those details. They throw little tidbits in there for us as well. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I, you know, I, I saw people crapping on the way the character looked on on Insta, I mean, on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And I'm like, he was burnt alive. Like, how did you expect him to look? This isn't like, you know, 90s, early 2000s storylines when, like, Jim Ross would get sent on fire and then a week later he's out there at ringside, you know, commenting on the match. This is two of the best storytellers in wrestling telling a story. So they're going to make it look as realistic, given the circumstances, as possible. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, The attention to detail plays a big part in my book. So job well done by everybody involved. And it seems like Bray Wyatt just does not give up in having thought and creativity behind every single character he does. I mean, what a mind. Um, good stuff. Hopefully, the the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton match is a lot better than the one they had at WrestleMania 33, uh, but we shall see. Nice return for The Fiend on mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday night. Uh, were as you saying long, something there, Dr. Trey? I was going to say, as long as we don't get those weird, squirmy snakes coming down the entrance ramp. Yeah, I mean that was that was one that we we really loved that build up too, and then the match happened. Everybody was like, uh, mm, uh, yeah. I don't know that about was, this. That was the first year they really played with like the moving video video stuff on the ramps. Yeah, and on the <laughs> ring too. And I was like, I don't think that looks like snakes, guys. That looks like little swimmers that <laughs> cause pregnancy. And then finally, the main event: Roman Reigns defending the WWE Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. Uh, Roman Reigns was our choice uh, from both Dr. Trey and I, and he retained the Universal Championship on Sunday. A good match and great storytelling throughout the potential setup to a triple threat match and an edge heel turn has me very intrigued as to where things are going right now. Roman Reigns continues his amazing streak of high-quality, entertaining pay-per-view matches. I'm not going to count the Elimination Chamber uh, 90-second match from last month since he has returned last summer. Dr. Trey, fun match. Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Reigns retains. Maybe a triple threat, maybe an edge heel turn. Your thoughts? Love the match. Really, I love the way they presented it, where Roman's using brute force, Daniel's using all of his submission moves and, and making all these great counters and everything else. Um, I, I just thought it was really, really well done. You know, I keep seeing people saying it's an edge heel turn. I'm like, wait, so Daniel Bryan gets to kick him in the face, you know, on SmackDown, takes out the rep, takes him out, hits him with the chair. And then Edge responds, and we think he's a heel. And I'm like, he's really just a guy trying to get his shot at the belt, and he got pissed off. Uh, we'll wait to see Friday on SmackDown where they go with the Edge character, but I totally got, <laughs> storytelling-wise, I understood why he did what he did. It made a ton of sense to me, and I didn't think of Edge being a heel. I just thought of him being pissed off. So, um, But SmackDown's going to be the big tell. Where do they go? Is this going to be a triple threat match? Is this going to be still one-on-one? How does Daniel Bryan figure into it? How does Jey Uso figure into it? Because you know he's going to be around there as well. So, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how this thing plays out uh, heading into WrestleMania and how they pitch uh, Edge or Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania. All right, Fastlane predictions record. I went 5-0. and Dr. Trey went 4-1. Uh, 2021 pay-per-view predictions record. I'm 27-10. and Dr. Trey, 24-13. and Match of the night and event rating. I gave my match of the night, Dr. Trey, to Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. And I gave Fastlane a 3.5 out of 5. What say you? Yeah, I went with Roman and Daniel as well. And I went a little bit lower. I went 3.3. Like, there were certain things in there I thought it was great. The Big E-Apollo match, the ending to that kind of, you know, I didn't really like that all that much. 
the stuff with Sasha and Bianca I didn't like that much, but uh, the matches themselves, you know, overall I thought were really well. Really yeah, well it, it was a uh, it was a job well done by all um, on Sunday night. Good little setup, good little show to watch. Uh, heading into WrestleMania, I I feel like I could do without still though, Doctor Trey, with the March pay per view. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, a couple of years ago we did it. They did it right where it seemed like it fell a little bit earlier, and then we had about six weeks to WrestleMania. This one, it just feels kind of like it feels more like a roadblock. Like literally, it feels like just a a weird speed bump on the road to WrestleMania, where it's like, did we really need all this? I mean, as much as I love Drew Mac and, and Sheamus, do we really need a pay per view match for this? Dude, Again, yeah, so, another match. These matches are stuff that we've been seeing on regular TV, so I don't really understand why we didn't have a pay per view built around it. But you know, it, it was a fine pay per view. But now you also got like this knee jerk three week turnaround to WrestleMania. It just kind of feels like you'd want that to be a little bit longer spread. Uh, the big news also on Sunday, Dr. Trey, was it was the WWE Network on Peacock debut for a live event show this past Sunday night. Uh, I'm a Peacock subscriber. Last we talked with you, you were not yet. Have you hopped aboard Peacock yet? Yes, and uh, I, I am so far enjoying my Peacock experience. Okay. Uh, are you jo- I, I enjoying the WWE Network side or just everything in general? Because this is – I wanted to do an early review here now of uh, the network on Peacock. So streaming-wise, the network worked way better because so with my internet, I don't have you know, high, I don't have the high, you know, broadband. I don't have the fast. You have dial-up. Just tell everyone. That's true. I mean I, I literally have a guy out back just trying to connect wires to make the dial tone sound. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's nice when it, there's power outage because he gets to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, he gets to unlick his fingers for a moment and just let them dry out so the electrocution finally stops. But um, when I would watch the network, I had to do it through my PlayStation because for some reason, my smart TV and my Roku, it could never stream properly on it. So I'd have to watch through the PlayStation, you know, PlayStation 4, and it worked pretty good most of the time. Uh, every now and then, I'd have buffering. On this fast lane, I had no issues. It streamed perfectly, no hiccups, no dropouts, no, uh, you know, Audio errors, it streamed really, really well. The only thing I don't like about it so far is we don't have all the content from the network yet, which I get. It's new. It's going to take a little while to port everything over, uh, so I'm a little bit bummed about that. I thought they would leave the network subscription open longer until everything got moved to Peacock. Um, but then I've also been able to watch some other stuff. I'm I, I, not going to lie. Uh, binged watched Sunday night a little bit the Saved by the Bell show. So The new uh, one or the old one? No, the new one. I was wow. trying to catch up. No spoilers. No spoilers. That's another podcast. Yeah. We, what do we have? Why are we not going to Save by the Bell podcast, Jeff? Jeez. We can. We can. We absolutely can. <laughs> Save by the well, Bell to us. Damn it. Um, all right. So you watched it live. Have you watched any of the WWE Network content that wasn't live on it? Uh, I, I, I did watch. Um, oh, it was one, it was the uh, A Day in the Life. One of those ones. I watched okay. it. I can't, remember. I can't remember which one it was. But the, the, like the day of, of the pay-per-views? Yes. Okay. That one. So, and once again, I didn't have any issues with the streaming. Stuff was pretty easy to find navigation wise. Um, it's to me, it's not as good on the, as, as the network was with con- like easily like the, the, the find content. It still wasn't difficult, but the network was a little easier for me to find stuff. But yeah, so far, uh, Peacock is uh, strutting their tail feathers a little bit for something starting out pretty quickly. So did you do the commercial one or no commercials? Because I did. No, I, I had the commercial one. See, I didn't know commercial because I'm like, I'm already paying nine ninety nine. Yeah. So it just and to me, I was like, yeah, the free months are nice, but at the end of the day, I was like, I'm already paying this, so I'll just go ahead and keep it, and that way I don't have to watch another commercial for Snickers. I, I watched NXT UK uh, on Peacock, and like in a very awkward part of of a match, it was like Trent Seven versus uh, Jordan Devlin. It goes to commercial. And I was like, oh, no, I, I, I can't do this. Like, why aren't they baking the commercials in where they're already baking the commercials on these, like, NXT UK shows? Like, that's when they should be doing it. They should not be doing it in the middle of a match where we're just randomly cutting a break before a back body drop. So uh, I immediately regretted the 250 a month for the first four months that I did. Um, and, of course... One of our listeners, who, who according to his Twitter profile, is in Hong Kong, so that's a first. Yeah. Um, 
it was like I thought you you got the one with commercials, and I was like, that's what I'm complaining about. So um, yeah, I I I think I'm gonna have to go the no commercial route here, either uh, sooner rather than later. Dr. Trey, it was not enjoyable. That was not enjoyable. See, and, and I've learned that from uh, YouTube experiences. Like I'd be watching a video on YouTube, and all of a sudden, like in the middle of something, it cuts a commercial, and all. And so when this whole thing came up, I was like, that entire scenario you were just talking about was my reasoning for not getting the commercials. Because I was like, I can just imagine, you know, poor Drake Maverick taking a, a back body drop, and then you see him go up, and then they go to commercial for 35, 45 seconds, and then you see him land. And, I, and, and part of my head would go, do they just suspend him in the air for 45 seconds? Yeah. That would be awful. What's going yeah. on there? I mean, how's their yeah. ba- how's the guys back after this? <laughs> exactly. What is Walter like, doing with Drake Maverick so high up in the air? How does he define gravity like that? That's impressive. We should push him more. So if you're if you're like me, um, and, or if you have done what I've done, uh, don't do it. It, it unless you could live with the commercials. Do the Doctor Trey route. I think I'm eventually going to do that. Nine ninety nine a month. Already did it with WWE Network. Might as well do it with Peacock. But there you go. Early review. Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter with your uh, thoughts here on the first week of the WWE Network on Peacock. Um, speaking of Peacock, Dr. Trey, it will be the home of WrestleMania 37. Don't know if you've heard that yet, that WrestleMania 37 will be on Peacock. It's There's no way that they've been running millions of commercials for that, uh, night one and night two. We do have a WrestleMania 37 card update as one, two, three, four matches became official this past Monday night. That'll uh, be Oscar versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Bad Bunny taking on The Miz. The reason why this is a one-on-one match right now, according to reports, is that John Morrison and Damian Priest are a little banged up. If they get medically cleared, it will probably become a tag team match. We have Braun versus Shane in a any match Braun Strowman wants. And then you have The Fiend taking on Randy Orton. So Oscar Ripley, Bad Bunny, Miz, Braun, Shane, Fiend, Orton. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here on the additions to the WrestleMania 37 card? I mean, Oscar, Rhea, uh, pretty excited about that one, obviously. Uh, Braun and Shane, eh, any match he wants, well, we know he's not getting the Swamp match. We know we're not picking that one, right? Um, You know, the other one, like Bad Bunny and Miz, should be entertaining at least. Um, To me, by the way, I don't know about how you feel about this. I really hate when Oscar's in the ring, Rhea's out there, they point the WrestleMania sign, and she goes, yeah, it's okay, it's on. And then it's it's on like there's no like don't they have to have somebody approve it like is it approval that quickly I mean yes I mean Roman could come out and just demand a title shot and and they give it to him but I don't think everybody has that kind of cachet it's like yeah let make Rhea earn like make Rhea earn her spot like and she deserves it but at least create the image of hey this new chick has jumped to the front of the line and usurp everybody else on the roster um, so it's just and by the way. Was that the first COVID mention uh, I've heard during the pandemic era when Rhea actually said Charlotte was out with COVID? No, Drew McIntyre, man, before the Rumble. Well, he came out and said it. Well, he did. Well, he obviously didn't come out, but they they did break it um, that Monday morning, yeah. and he he did like a segment on it afterwards about like people being safe and whatever that night. Yeah, I just thought it was weird when Rhea goes, "Well, Charlotte's out with COVID right now." It's like, it, wow. It, that's- it was a weird throwaway line. So yeah, like they didn't. Me- I mean, she is the queen, and WWE didn't put it out there. They let Rhea put it out there during the midst of a promo, just as a throwaway line. I just thought that you're right. I thought that was kind of weird, and on the heels of Andrade being released. Yeah, yeah. There's a, obviously we'll talk about Andrade here momentarily. So that was probably one of the reasons why they did that when Charlotte disappears. It's not good. Usually, like wrestling fans' uh, spider senses start tingling, and they certainly did over this past weekend. Um, before we get to the uh, latest inductees into the WWE 20, uh, class of uh, 2021 Hall of Fame class, uh, some rumored matches based on current storylines, Dr. Trey. Uh, you got Seth Rollins and Cesaro, uh, potentially a women's tag team match with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana and Naomi, the Riot Squad potentially, a tag team that I'm currently digging, Tamina and Natalya. Uh, you got the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. All four of these teams have basically been feuded with one another Ziggler, Bobby Roode, Street Profits, the Mysterios, and Otis and Chad Gable. Biggie and Apollo Crews, Riddle and Sheamus for the United States Championship, and then one that will be very near and dear to our heart and maybe the most uh, emotional match in WrestleMania history from this perspective of SRTU, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. So Rollins-Cesaro, the women's tag team match, SmackDown tag team match, Biggie, Apollo Crews, Riddle, Sheamus, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, 
those to be those look to be matches coming our way for WrestleMania as well. Uh, do you think all of those are likely to happen? Do you think there's some that may be getting tweaked with the final uh, three weeks less to go? Yeah, I, I don't know if the Riot Squad will be in that match just because you can't. I don't know if you want to have two four way SmackDown tag title matches. You know, like or women like tag like you know you got the women's match and then the SmackDown title match. Like, it looks like they're both be four ways, so that that would be weird. If they did them both that way. Um, so I think the Riot Squad might get pulled for the women's battle royal. Um, but outside of that, like that does seem kind of like that way it's going. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised if. Kevin and Sammy get shoved in with Apollo and Big E, and we do some kind of, you know, we usually have like one big ladder match at WrestleMania for you know one of the, you know either the U.S. or the Intercontinental Title. Um, and right now on paper, it doesn't look like either belt would be that way. Um, and maybe they're just saving some of these other guys for the Battle Royal because we haven't heard of Baron Corbin mentioned. No thing with Elias, so they're pro- they probably end up in the Battle Royal. Um, and then hosted by Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. Which may be the oddest WrestleMania hosts in history? You think? You think that? Do you think that'll be Titus O'Neil, who hasn't really been featured in over a year, uh, minus like one or two matches? Like the last time I really remember seeing Titus O'Neil is when Rob Gronkowski won the twenty four seven championship last year's WrestleMania host uh, left, and then Titus like picked up the duties for maybe like one more segment. Did he? Didn't he have a little small thing with the Hurt Business when they first got formed? Yeah, he wanted to join. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the, thing, the last time I And they like beat him up. And it wasn't Titus one of the people that was not uh, accepting of Hulk Hogan's apology as well? He was. And then he later came out and said that like he had a one-on-one with Hulk Hogan and, and they cleared the air and, and he accepted his apology. I do remember Titus saying that. Okay. And then so – Hopefully, one guy doesn't trip and the other guy knows what building they're in. Yeah. Well, first off, Titus O'Neil is extremely talented and yes. is That's such right. a good role model. He's out in the community and is very prominent in the city of Tampa and certainly deserves a lot more than what has been given to him in his run as a professional wrestler in WWE. So it's nice that he's getting this opportunity. However, when you see it, you're like, oh, Hulk Hogan, okay, that makes sense. Uh, Titus O'Neil, it's like the guy who's barely featured. He may have been on main event this week on WWE Network. It's a bit weird. It's like that they handed the reins over to almost Umberto Carrillo to to be like the host of WrestleMania. <laughs> like it makes no sense. The Spanish side will be uh, Umberto Carrillo and like Lince uh, Dorado. Yeah, well, you got to get something a little bit more name than Lince. You got to go with uh, oh Hector Garza. Yeah, you know, yeah, Angel <laughs> Garza. I mean, he's not being used. Yeah, but you gotta go. You know, you have to go with the family, so you don't get Angel Garza. You get Hector Garza, or you I, get. I believe Hector. Hector's dead. Oh well, that that would be an yeah. awkward, uh, awkward show then to have. That would be. That maybe, would be maybe awkward. Get, uh, wait, is who was the gobbledygooker? I wish Guerrero was. Uh, that was Hector Guerrero. Is Hector still with us? I believe so. Yeah. So there you go. You get Humberto <laughs> Carrillo and Hector Guerrero. That's the Spanish side. We, by the way, this is a new segment called "Are They Still With Us?" <laughs> that we're doing here on the podcast. And then finally, Dr. Trey, WWE 2021 Hall of Fame class. Uh, it was announced this week in a really cool segment on The Bump, which is a show I, I still don't watch. Undertaker <laughs> revealing to Kane that he is going to the Hall of Fame. That was really cool, really emotional. You've heard everybody's love of Glenn Jacobs, uh, Kane, and uh, and how much of a nice guy he is. Like it, You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody to say anything negative about that guy. So uh, props to Kane, one of the best characters in professional wrestling history, in my opinion. Uh, the Great Khali was also announced, I believe, on like WWE, WWE's India platform. So congrats to him. I, I don't know if he's Hall of Famer, but nonetheless, there we are. And then it's rumored right now that Rob Van Dam will also be part of the class of 2021 as well. So Kane, Great Khali, RVD. Dr. Trey, your thoughts on the Hall of Fame class additions? And, and Molly Holly is confirmed as well, right? That's tr- that's correct. Molly Holly and Eric Bischoff, and Eric Bischoff. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty solid class. Like, I'm I'm with you on Holly. Like, I don't know if I would consider Holly a great Hall of Famer, but he did help bring WWE to India when that was their big push a few years back, uh, and, and got a lot of, I, I guess if you call it drawing power. Uh, Kali may be the most drawable wrestling figure uh, non-American in the history of this business. 
Um, so that's that's pretty impressive for that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a pretty solid class, and, I, and I'm really happy because the one knock we had last year when they announced the NWO was, why the hell is Eric Bischoff not with the NWO? Yeah. And now we're actually when doing the two classes together. We are kind of getting Bischoff with the NWO. Oh, which, by the way, uh, sad announcement this week that Batista, while he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, will not be part of the 2020 class because uh, he is unable to attend and they want to save him for when crowds can come back. So that, that's a shame, Dr. Try. I was very excited to see Batista going in the Hall. Uh, I just, in, in my head, if you, if you watch some of the backstage stuff with Xavier Woods, like he loved, like Xavier Woods and uh, Tyler Breeze love Batista's entrance. So I'm hoping that when Batista does get inducted, that we get the cutaway to Xavier and Tyler Breeze doing the whole, uh, you know, rampage shooting thing that goes on like Batista has in his entrance. Uh, but yeah, it does suck. But I, I, to me, it's weird that they're, they're singling Batista out for getting a crowd reaction. Like, if we want Batista to get a crowd reaction, it's like, we don't want the NWO to get the crowd reaction. We don't want Kane to have a crowd. But I mean, I guess Batista's more beloved. I, I, be, I believe he's filming. So they prop like he's filming a movie, which I think was like the cover up the very polite way of saying like they wanted to save it for a crowd. But I, I they I there's some weird things about the Hall of Fame right now. Like some people may be live, some may be virtual. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they did, but Batista certainly deserves the nod. And uh, it's a shame he won't be acknowledged, uh, at least this year in the Hall of Fame class. Um, big news this week, Dr. Trey, former NXT champion Andrade, was released by WWE after the Fastlane pay-per-view. There was a lot of um, rumors about Charlotte as she was pulled from the WrestleMania promotion, promotional material, his, his real-life fiance. Everybody was thinking that Charlotte was leaving WWE. She, in fact, unfortunately has covid um, but Andrade, man, getting released, what a talent. I, I mean, he's a guy that a year ago I was like, yeah, I could see him in a year or two years being in the main event title picture. You know, he was he was looking at holding those mid-card titles, the IC, the United States Championship. Former NXT champion, had a great run as an NXT champion, great underrated feud with Aleister Black in NXT. Um, it, this just sucks. This is like one of those cases where WWE has way too many wrestlers. They have a very talented wrestler in Andrade sitting on the sidelines. And they did nothing with him. I, I'm disappointed to see Andrade leaving, but this means that uh, we'll actually get to see him wrestle for the first time in like seven months. Yeah, I mean, and, and to me, you know, before Zelina Vega, I, 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 this would have shocked me. But once that pairing with him and Zelina Vega took off, like to me, I was with you. I'm like, this is a guy that should definitely be, you know, mid card champion if not pushing for a world title. Like that pairing was so good, and once uh, Zelina kind of got released. The writing seemed to be like it was on the wall. Like, what are we going to do with him now that she's not here? And it, it kind of sucked because that release has now affected him and also Aleister Black. And then when you look at the list of NXT champions that have came to the main roster, I mean, it's like a 30% success rate. Like, you look at, you know, Bo Dallas, Aleister Black, Andrade, uh, Shinsuke's run at the top of the car. Like, there's just, there's a lot of guys that don't get that same kind of push and momentum that they had with NXT. I mean, Sami Zayn was a former NXT champion. Didn't really do anything. Uh, Pac, uh, you know, didn't really get anything on the main roster. There's a lot of guys that just don't seem to get that same elevation. So it's kind of befuddling as to what is one brand looking for that the other brand isn't looking for? Why is there such a disconnect between those two companies when it comes to call-ups? Yeah, this is also one of the cases that uh, I believe Andrade fell into the void of like a Paul Heyman guy on Raw. There's a lot of names, very noticeable names that you would notice on the on the brand. Once Paul Heyman was out as executive director, there was reports out there that the people are going to suffer once Bruce Prichard took over and Paul Heyman's guys weren't going to be featured. Andrade is one of those names. On uh, Angel Garza, Umberto Carrillo, Alistair Black, like these are people that have just completely fallen off on WWE programming lately. Even those reports out there right now that Alistair Black is working his way back from some minor injuries. He hasn't been featured since October. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what they talk about internally, but if you're not going to use people like Andrade, like offer them up to Triple H and NXT, like theoretically that makes sense. Like let's put them over NXT, like like Finn, ba like what they've done with Finn Balor. Um, there's no reason why talented wrestlers like Andrade aren't being featured on WWE programming, whether it be Raw, SmackDown, or NXT at all. 
at any given point. Like Andrade going over to NXT would be a seamless transition. I would have zero issue with that. I know what they do financially and contractually, but uh, yeah, it just it comes off like they're they're poorly ran at times with their own roster doctrine. There's no reason that talented people are sitting on the sidelines like Andrade are. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Like, I was thinking about this uh, Wednesday night when I was watching AEW. It's like, you watch one show, and everybody's in a faction. <laughs> everybody's in a stable. There's like four, five, six guys in the group. And they may not all get on TV to wrestle, but at least they're out there participating. And then you get the other show where there's hardly any factions or stables, and you have a bunch of guys sitting around. And like Epico said, like Andrade was getting irritated that he was healthy, and every time he go to the show, he just sitting in catering, waiting for something to do. And you know, most of the time, they had nothing for him to do. So it's just it's such a contrast of ideas between one brand and the other when it comes to how to utilize their talents. Uh, and AEW has less, you know, mainstream TV TV time than than WWE. But yeah, they try to cram everybody on their roster into every single show somehow, some way. And WWE's like, nah, fine, we, we're not using you for six months. You can still collect a paycheck and just hang out and, and eat the uh, the bagels when they come in off the truck. Well, that's also because um, AEW's being smart by using their YouTube platforms. Because I think you can make a case, like, I don't watch The Dark, I don't watch Dark Elevation. There's just, like, way too much wrestling programming to, to really sit there and watch those shows. But I can make a case up until... Uh, this past Wednesday, the last couple of Wednesdays, that Sean Spears was completely underutilized in AEW. Matt Seidel, completely underutilized in AEW. Uh, Ethan Page debuts at the pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago, and we've only seen him in one Dynamite match. It's So I know that it's very easy to tip your hat towards AEW and say that they kind of do it right, even though they're one promotion. But there's definitely some talent that they're like, uh, you know, why aren't they utilizing these people like they should be? Yeah, but at least you know most uh, outside of Ethan Page, he's had one dark match, you know, AEW dark match, and then one on Dynamite. Um, but the other guys, at least they're in the ring, helping create content. You know, whether it's on Dark or whether it's on Elevation or whether it's on Dynamite, they're still because the Seidel brothers have been on all over both Dark shows. Um, you know, Sean Spears is popping up on those as well. So at least they're putting him in the ring and getting content out of him, where guys like you know Alistair Black. Uh, Bo Dallas hasn't been seen in like two years. Uh, you know, some of these other guys that just kind of send the sidelines, Garza, Carrillo, like they're not really using them at all other, outside of maybe one main event match every two months. Like they're literally just sitting there collecting a paycheck, not even wrestling at all. So at least AEW is getting some mileage out of these guys that they're not featuring on Dynamite. Dr. Dre, speaking of Wednesdays, speaking of NXT, uh, reports are circulating that after WrestleMania, NXT will be moving Tuesday nights. Uh, and then the announcement came out today that Impact Wrestling will be moving to Thursday nights beginning April 8th. So for a period of time, it looked like it was going to be Impact Wrestling versus NXT. That won't be happening. Impact Wrestling moving to Thursdays. So now wrestling programming schedule will be basically one show a night, which I'm okay with. Raw on Mondays, NXT on Tuesdays, AEW on Wednesdays, uh, Impact Wrestling, NXT UK on Thursdays, and SmackDown on Fridays. Uh, first with NXT moving to Tuesdays is, so that means the war in air quotations is now over. Is this a bad look for NXT? And do you, and the second part of this later on is, do you agree with impact wrestling's move to Thursday nights starting April 8th? Um, you know, to me, yeah, I mean, it's a loss. I, I don't know how else you spin it. You're moving the show to Tuesday. You WWE will spin it saying it's because, you know, we have uh, hockey on Wednesdays, but we don't have hockey year round. And I think, the vast majority of American audience does not watch hockey. I think the hockey ratings are usually lower than wrestling ratings most times. So to me, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a loss for WWE on that. Uh, and then, you know, impact moving to Thursdays to me is actually kind of a win. Cause I don't know. I, I don't typically think of Tuesday night being a wrestling night in my head Thursdays because of the history of SmackDown. I always thought of Thursdays and even thunder back in the day. You know, I think of Thursdays being a wrestling night, so that's a night that, like, I I would you know check my listings for wrestling, and there's none on. I thought that was kind of a letdown, but now you know, getting a different show every single week of the night, uh, I think is great, and I think it also gives a true representation of fans which which brands they enjoy to watch because now there is no head to head competition between any of these shows. Uh, I think that's a, I think it's a good move for all the parties involved. 
do you like the move as a wrestling fan? Because I'll be honest, uh, I do. Because Wednesdays, uh, you're not watching both shows live. You're watching one show live and then watching maybe one on DVR after or the morning of Thursday so that when we do the podcast on Thursday night that we're able to address it. So I, I like it. This gives me a little bit more flexibility to watch the shows. But I, I, you know, I was debating dropping Impact Wrestling from my viewing schedule. I may last a little bit longer until Rebellion and see what they do with Omega and Swan. But uh, this is I, – I like it, and this has probably kept me from – is keeping me – watching impact wrestling now the move to thursdays yeah like i I, as if as on a selfish level i like it because that means i don't have to watch i mean it gives me the option i can watch wrestling every single night of the week you know irregardless um as a as a married man with a couple of kids this might get me divorced if i make them watch wrestling every single night of the week um but yeah i think it's a good move i mean it, it gives fans a chance to kind of catch every single brand um now if impact can just somehow get that cross promotion on on aew to let fans know hey we're moving to thursdays because god forbid they mention the match between omega and swan on dynamite at all uh i don't know how impact's really going to get any more uh, headway with the fans all right, Dr. Trey, that, uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the show. Some big news in regards to wrestling programming and where things are going to be going now. Uh, it appears WrestleMania season will be a little bit easier to uh, watch some wrestling so that it's not packed up on every single night. And plus, we got to get you out of here so uh, you don't fly away from another tornado should it hit. So let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download this show every Thursday at TheBowerShow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Toast Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes to help us climb the charts there. Uh, you can follow us individually on, on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, we just had a, a really good show this past Saturday. Uh, as we get closer and closer to Rocket City Wrestling Con 4, coming up May 15th. So be sure to check that out to get tickets for that show. And then check out bootandheel.com for all your Rocket City uh, Championship Wrestling merchandise. Which I'm hoping to have a new shirt done in the next few weeks as well. Uh, I just have to get my wife's launch because if not, uh, divorce bad. So... Just got to keep that in mind. All right. There you go. Uh, Dr. Trey, once that shirt's done, man, you got to put it up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Still Real Toast Show. Absolutely. That's that's where I promote all of our stuff when I get the chance, like including my weird Bray Wyatt wrestling figure. That was awesome. I remember you posting that, and it was good to see it again. Uh, the super crazy like uh, wardrobe still gets me every single time. Yeah. I, I still have not figured out where the taped fists come from on that figure but uh it's part super crazy part british bulldog and then somebody's random tape fist. i can't think of it might maybe be triple h triple h or dean ambrose it might have been one of these two so. all right yeah yeah i mean wow what it's like a literally a toy from toy story like one of those reject toys um from the uh the boy who, what was the boy's name like rex or something no that was the dinosaur was it Spike? No. Spike, that's what it was. Yeah, it's a good call. Good call. So, all right. Uh, next week's podcast, another week closer to WrestleMania. We'll be back on April 1st with episode number 581. Uh, the WrestleMania week preview show. Uh, stay tuned, but I, I don't believe that'll be airing on that Thursday the 8th. We're going to try to get out a little bit earlier that week. It may be up on uh, Monday the 5th or Tuesday the 6th to get you ready for the Hall of Fame, NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, Night 1 and 2, uh, SmackDown that week, and of course, the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, and then WrestleMania 37, Night 1 and Night 2. So we'll have a little bit more clarity on that on next week's show. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, uh, I'm Jeff Peck. Stay safe. Hide under a desk if a tornado is coming your way. And until next week, this has been the Still Realto Show.
watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.